battle of wizards and warriors continues with iron swords. The evil wizard Malkil will take the shape of the earth, wind, water, and fire. Farewell! The fate of the world is in your hands! You're listening to the Piercing Wizard Podcast, and I'm your host, Ryan Willett. I'm a professional body piercer with 20 years experience, I travel around the world teaching technique and safety classes, and I'm a member of the Association of Professional Piercers. Listen in as I talk to my friends and colleagues about our industry so we can all stay sharp. Hey everybody, how you doing? Welcome back to the show. Uh, Ready or not, here I come. The New Hampshire body art scene is going to be opening up on June 1st. Uh, I definitely feel more in the not than in the ready column. Uh, as As I interviewed my guest this week, we were talking about reopening dates and how we weren't sure. And uh, Ten was thinking he'll be open in July or something. And I was thinking like, oh, it'd probably be mid-June, late June for me. And then a day after I recorded that, the New Hampshire governor announced, uh, nope, body art can open up on on June 1st. Uh, I feel like it was maybe not ideal to announce that just before a, a long holiday weekend when the health department is closed down. It's going to be probably the middle of next week before they're going to be able to send out all the protocols, which are pretty in-depth. So uh, there's really only going to be about three or four business days for uh, New Hampshire Tattoo and Piercing Studios to enact these protocols. If they haven't already been forward-thinking and working on it already, they're only going to have a few days to get this stuff ready before they're allowed to open back up, which makes me a little bit nervous, a little bit apprehensive. I've been doing my work and I've been ordering stuff and getting stuff set up for it, so I feel pretty ready. Um, but, uh, you know, I do have some concerns with, uh, not giving people more notice for reopening. Some of the things in my, my state protocols were pulled straight from the, uh, the APP's protocols, which I submitted as part of my advisory panel duties. Uh, one of the other people on the panel, a, a tattooer in the state wrote some really good protocols for tattooing. Uh, and, uh, we, we've, we've got something out there for people to follow. Hopefully the health department does a good job of actually sending it to the licensed practitioners so they know what the protocols are rather than just like, Hey, you can open, uh, some of the things for New Hampshire, uh, there are going to be limitations on, uh, uh, flow of customers. Everybody has to be by appointment. You have to have some specific signage. You do have to have uh, a lot more PPE. So uh, all staff is going to be required to wear a face mask that will cover the, the nose and mouth, but you're also required to wear a full face shield or safety goggles, which I fully agree and in, in, in support. Uh, that's going to be the policy in my studio. That was going to be the policy in my studio, even without these state protocols. So I'm really glad just, uh, for the safety of body artists because we're, we're working within such close proximity. So if, uh, if it's not already on your mind and you are a body piercer, tattooer working in a shop, uh, you should really consider full face protection, a full face shield, um, in conjunction with a face mask. Uh, we're, we're used to dealing with, Bloodborne pathogens. We're not really uh, trained and, and familiar with working with airborne pathogens. So you do need to get retrained and recertified for that risk and for the personal protective equipment, the PPE you'll be wearing to deal with that risk. So the entire staff of my studio will be required to take some free online courses from the World Health Organization, one on infection control and prevention for COVID-19, and another one for uh, putting on and and taking off PPE safely because uh, the body art industry, tattooers in particular, they're used to just working with gloves, gloved hands. They're They're not already used to wearing face masks for... Uh, body art protection. They're def- they're definitely not used to wearing face shields, so they need to be trained. Um, if you are doing that in your studio, you also need to be trained to do that. You need to have documentation of that, uh, and you need to include it in your exposure control plan. If you're not sure what all that terminology is, uh, I would really urge you to go to the APP's website, Association of Professional Piercers website. That's safepiercing.org. They have some online classes there for preventing disease transmission. They have some classes on how to create an exposure control plan and why that is uh, crucially important in uh, the line of of work that we do. So you can go ahead and check that stuff out on safepiercing.org or take those other classes on the World Health Organization's class. Uh, The WHO ones are free. The APP class, very, very inexpensive, like $15 and totally worth it. It's a really good class. So think about all that stuff. Um, 
we almost had a limitation in uh, length of services. It was going to be limited to one hour, and that would have been piercing and tattooing. And I, I think everybody knows that that's just not viable for, for tattooing. You can't limit people to a one-hour tattoo session. Um, so uh, that that limitation wasn't included. Uh, but there was a limitation saying we cannot perform any piercings around the mouth or nose. Uh, and it's just because I, I do see it as potentially misleading, potentially um, irresponsible to say, okay, you have to come in wearing a face mask for uh, our protection, other people's protection. I am going to wear a face mask when I pierce you, but it's okay to take off that face mask for something that you really want. Um, I don't think that that's the, the correct move, uh, the correct mindset to be in right now. So in my studio, even if that wasn't a state protocol, which it is, uh, but we were probably going to also make that, that limitation. I was on the fence about doing jewelry changes, like healed piercing jewelry changes. Um, but you know, now we, we are li limited against that through the, um, the, the state's protocols for reopening body art. Uh, I would imagine that this is really just like step one of, of reopening. I think in a few weeks and a few months, we can start to reevaluate, uh, the way that we schedule clients, uh, the services that we're offering, the, the PPE that we're wearing, all those things can be evaluated over time. But I think day one, uh, these protocols are, are right where I want to be. And I really hope that the uh, Department of Health does a good job of sending those protocols to everybody in the state because they have not done a great job of communicating. Um, the announcement was just made on May 24th that we can open on June 1st. And that's a holiday weekend. So health department's not going to be back to work until at least Tuesday. Hopefully they can send out an email or some physical mail that'll hopefully be opened and looked at by the end of the week. And that gives people in the, the industry, in New Hampshire anyway, like three or four business days to enact all the protocols, all the different physical things they need to do in their studio, to acquire all the different PPE and, and safety things they need uh, to actually be able to work. And I, that doesn't seem realistic or safe at all. I really wish they had gotten more more notice, but it is what it is. Uh, I'm going to do the best in my studio. I've already been working for the past few weeks to uh, get a lot of new supplies and, and make a lot of different physical changes in the in the shop for layout and social distancing and all that stuff. So. We will see how it goes. But uh, in better news, <laughs> I have a great guest this week, a uh, piercer from Florida named Duran, but uh, prefers to go by 10. Um, I started following Duran on uh, social media uh, after I met him at a, a class in Orlando. And I really like the way that he represents body piercing online. Um, when I, I first started following him, he was using kind of, uh, you know, starter jewelry and, and wanting to move into uh, better quality jewelry lines and really had to communicate to his clients and did a great job of that through social media. Would post uh, Instagram stories saying like, hey, this is the new pricing model we're doing. This is the new jewelry we're bringing in. Yes, it will carry a, a slightly higher price tag, but it's totally worth it because of the quality. And I did deserve to, to improve myself, my career. Uh, I deserve to, to be doing better. Uh, and I really respected uh, the, the way that he communicated that. Uh, and it, it's really cool just seeing the, the work uh, and the, the success that comes along with it. Ten was also the one who made the Support Your Local Black Piercer shirt that was going around a couple months ago, so that was pretty cool. I got one of those. Uh, and Ten was also selected as one of the Piercers of Color Scholars for this year. Sadly, conference was canceled, but it'll roll over to next year. Uh, but we talk uh, a, a bit about how uh, he, he really liked being selected for a, a community-driven scholarship and the, the pride that he takes in that. So it's a really good conversation with a cool piercer. So let's go ahead and get into that, and I'll be back a little bit more at the end. So hello, my name is Duran, a.k.a. Tan. Uh, you can find me at Funhouse Tattoos in Pompano Beach, Florida. If you ever in South Florida, come down and check me out. So you're a, a South Florida guy, but Ten, I, I didn't know it for a long time. It's because are you from Tennessee originally? I'm originally from Chattanooga, Tennessee. Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay, cool. Yes. Uh, how how long have you been in Florida? I've been in Florida going on six years right now. Okay. Were you were you uh, already piercing when you were living in Tennessee? No, I was was not. I okay. was I told, I picked up piercing. Uh, I have a friend that have a tattoo shop. Mm -hmm. And I used to just go visit him, get tattoos by him. And he used to have a lot of customers coming in asking for piercings. So I was like, hmm, I should do that for you. So that's how I got into it. That's cool. So 
you know, we, we met each other at, well, let, let me, in case my memory is a little bit off, did we first meet at uh, the, the first seminar that I did in Florida, in Orlando? Yes. Okay. Yes, that's where we met at. Mm-hmm. So, what was what was your journey like from, you know, starting out in a, in a friend's shop to, to that point? And then I want to ask you some well, questions about other stuff past that uh, as we go. Okay. So, from Tennessee, like my said, my friend was, he had a tattoo shop down here. He kept asking me to come down to Florida, come visit Florida. So I came down and ended up just staying. So how I got into piercing was, I wasn't piercing at his shop at first. What I was doing was going to like biker bars, piercing people in their living rooms. Then I finally ended up getting my first gig at a tattoo shop in Coral Springs. Mm-hmm. So that's how basically I got into being a professional piercer. So looking back on your start, because I, you know, I, I did the same thing. I didn't really know a lot about piercing when I was just like a, a big piercing fan. So I was like, well, you know, how hard can it be? I can buy a buy a kit out of a magazine mm-hmm. and start piercing. But you know, and looking at what you're doing now, because you're putting out a lot of quality work now. What do you What do you think when you look back onto those first few days of you piercing? Any Any regrets or any sort of like advice you'd want to give people? <laughs> so I, I would tell you my my story. I didn't know anything about piercing. Mm-hmm. So when I went to, when I saw piercing out of a shop, what I would do was I would have a client fill out their form first. Then I would sneak in the back room and watch YouTube videos <laughs> and say, hmm, they want, <laughs> they want an Ashley piercing. Let me type in Ashley piercing and see how it is. Oh, they want an industrial piercing. Let me see how this is. And I would, <laughs> I would, <laughs> well, basically, what I would do, I would basically copy everything I saw in the video, and it actually came out good. <laughs> so I started chasing it up, started chasing it up a little bit, like, huh, not using a bigger needle, because usually when I was using the external threaded jewelry. So what I would do was use a bigger needle and put the jewelry inside the bigger needle mm-hmm. and pierce in that way. And then I got a little bit better. I'm like, hmm, maybe I can use the same size needle and put you through. And I got better with that way, so... It was just it just took me a lot of practicing and a lot of errors, trials, mess ups, fuck ups, you know. Yeah. And I got actually got better at the time I kept going. I think that's kind of a, a, a common line that I see with with body piercers who progress in their career because plenty of people get into piercing just as more of a job than a career, not to knock it, but sometimes it's like, well, I'll watch that first video on YouTube, and then I'll just do it like that forever. Like, it's good enough, why not? And then I, I think a, a big trend that I see in the piercers who take it a little bit more as, like, a long-term career, they're a lot yeah. more intuitive, and they, they start to think, like, well, what can I do to tweak it, make it a little mm-hmm. bit better, make it safer? What information and jewelry and whatever can I track down? So it's it's cool to see that growth. Mm-hmm. So from that, from, from that first shop I went to, they had started dreaded. They had basically Chinese jewelry, and mm-hmm. he would have, he didn't want to upgrade his jewelry and stuff like that. So yeah. when I went to the new shop I'm at now, Funhouse, I had full control of everything, jewelry sales, everything. So what I did was I found out about integrated jewelry when I started going to the different classes and taking the classes online. Mm-hmm. So as as progressed, I got into internal threaded jewelry. Then I found out about Threadless jewelry, whoo! What a life change. Yeah. Hey, it changed. It changed my life. Yeah. So. So with uh, with the classes you were doing, was was mine the first class that you went to, or were there other classes around Florida? So what we was doing in Florida, I went to the first. We usually have like, is it six months or something? We used to have a meeting in Florida, like professional piercers meet up in Florida. Mm-hmm. So we'll meet up like at John Robson's shop. Yeah, at uh, uh, Tiger Lotus. Yeah, up in Fort Myers. Yeah. Yeah, at Tiger Lotus, yes. Then we have one up in Orlando. Then I think one was at Shorty's shop, if I could remember. Yeah, I think Shorty's had but a yeah, couple meetings diff- there. We have a different meetings in, uh, in Florida. So that's why I started finding out about better quality jewelry, about the APP. And from there, I just continue to do everything I've been hearing for now. I've just been soaking it in and taking it back to my shop and chasing up everything. That's great because uh, I remember when just just from the first time we met to now, I've you know I've watched you on social media, I've followed your work, and um, you know I've seen the way that you've been promoting the work and really taking time to explain it to people. I think some piercers just kind of expect that it's like, you know, if you build it, they will come. People will just walk through the door when you have the jewelry. But I, I think you really have to look at it as like, 
you need to explain to clients why this is the better jewelry, yeah, why this is the better option. Yeah. So how like how did you find it expanding into that jewelry? Did you find that the customers were receptive to it or were they pushing back a little bit and didn't really Ooh. understand why? I had a bunch of pushback because, as you know, that I had made a video that I was chasing my prices on my jewelry mm-hmm. because I would use the better jewelry. And I had a ton of pushback like, oh, man, that's way too expensive. I'm not paying that much because in my town, we have shops that pierce you for $20. Right. And just put whatever jewelry in it. They don't even know the material. That's what they used to. So when I came into town, I started, you know, having better quality jewelry, having different stuff. And people started to notice that. And a lot of, I lost a lot of customers. But I gained a ton more. Mm. From the quality of the work I use and the quality of the work I do and the quality of the work of jewelry I use. And I was just so, I guess you can say, professional about it. Mm-hmm. And I'd explain everything to a per, uh, to my clients like, hey, this is the type of jewelry I use. This is the material. Hey, this is the aftercare. Uh, if you have any issues, any problems, you can hit me up on my social media. Or you can email me. Here's my here's my number. You can call this number. Any problems, let me know. And if people start to notice that, and they really appreciate that, so I got a lot of people. I gained. A, I lost. You could say I lost some people that wanted to buy. That wanted to be cheap. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's it's commendable that you could that you could stick to your convictions because I, I think that's that's also a common obstacle for piercers who want to transition or who are trying to transition, they try to be all things for all people. And sometimes you do have to just kind of let go of that lower tier market because there's, there's, you're never going to be able to get a hundred percent of clients. So it's like, why would you focus on the ones who don't necessarily care about the work you're doing or the, the quality that you want to focus on? They just want cheap price. There's always going to be a shop that that's got a cheaper price. So you, you don't have to focus too much on those people and being able to just explain why the good stuff is the good stuff brings in clients who are looking for the good stuff yes 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 they, they actually know the brands of the jury also it's like mm-hmm. hey you have a data metal hey you use this hey 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 they come in looking for it now and um i could say i if it weren't for me moving to the different shop i wouldn't be able to do what i'm doing now mm-hmm so I'm glad I actually moved to a different shop and I can actually promote what type of stuff I do. Right. If I was at that, that one shop, it would have been that price. Hey, you got to pierce them at this price. Mm-hmm. So it's it's kind of a blessing in a way that I moved. I can say that. Though. But I would still stuck there, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Uh, knowing what you want to go for and, and going for it is really intimidating, but I really respect the people who make those decisions because... Uh, you know that that's how you that's how you achieve growth. Sometimes you have to take a little bit of risk. Yeah, I took a bigger risk because <laughs> <laughs> I was getting I was getting paid. Uh, well, the difference was I was getting paid bi-weekly, like it was a regular job, mm-hmm. and it kind of sucks because it was like a lower percentage. Yeah. So I wasn't really making that much money at the shop anyway. So I have that. But you, I have to live, you know. I got mm-hmm. bills I have to pay for. I have things I have to take care of. Right. I even have kids I have to take care of too. So it wasn't working out in the long run. So. So do you have any advice for piercers who are maybe in a similar spot and like how how they can explain to their clients why it's worth what you charge? Any sort of advice you'd want to give to people who are making a similar transition? I say continue doing what you're doing and stand your ground. Because a lot of customers would come to you and like, hey, this person charged this price. Hey, this person charged this price. Can you do it for that price? And you got to tell them, hey, my my what I'm using, my techniques, the continued education I'm doing, I have to charge this certain price for this. Mm-hmm. And you just got to you got to stand your ground with some people because some people, if they leave, let them leave. Mm-hmm. Don't change your mind about it. Let them leave. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah, I liked I liked the way you explained it on social media too. You weren't just like, yeah, there it's it's going to cost more. Deal with it, or like, hey, jewelry. Like you were explaining, it's because I go to these classes here. Check out my certificates. It's because I'm doing this mm-hmm. for health and safety. Look at this stuff, mm-hmm. and like, 
And then people just connect that with value. And then I, I think you get the, you, you start to build the clientele that you want coming in, the people who care about the quality stuff. Yes, they do. They do care. They actually, it's people out there that care. They care about they, what's going in their body. Yeah. I can't say everybody don't, but they do. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I'm sure people, I'm sure everybody cares to an extent, but sometimes it's, uh, they, they focus maybe more on the, oh, the price tag. You. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you can have them. So um, when it comes to uh, like your pricing, because I remember uh, a conversation that we had was you found it frustrating because you had like the flat price, like price includes jewelry. So yes. um, what did you start to do for for splitting it up? Did you did you say like you know standard jewelry is this plus this cost, or did you just switch over to like here's a piercing fee, here's a jewelry cost, that's what the charge is? So uh, before I switched to doing that, I had talked to my two. I say my two piercer friends, I could call, actually call my friends, John Robinson and uh, uh, Shorty. Mm-hmm. And it was like, man, we charge just a basic piercing fee with the jury additional cost. So I had to sit back and be like, yeah, I could actually do it that way. And so when I went back and I was like, hmm, what could be my piercing fee? Basically, we stay in South Florida. So everything down here it's kind of expensive as it is mm-hmm. anyway. But I still wanted to make it reasonable for the people that's coming into the shop. So what I did, I actually went that way. Like Pearson Fee is blase, blase with the jury, blase, blase. That's how I can make my money. And that's the way I went by, by. And it's, it's been working actually great that way. And I actually love it. But I still have to display to people like, oh, you piercing for thirty dollars? No, I'm not piercing for thirty dollars. It's yeah. a piercing fee, thirty. Well, it's a piercing fee, thirty dollars. An additional, it's the additional cost of the jury. And I keep getting that message every day. Hey, you piercing for thirty dollars? No, if you read it, it's a thirty dollars plus the additional cost of the jury. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't understand why people. It it says it in the deep. It says it in the messages. So I don't know. But yeah, I think, I, I'm glad I switched it over to that way. Yeah, sometimes people are just kind of that. That's their experience. Every every shop that they've dealt with is the flat price kind of thing. So maybe it just yes. takes a little while to educate them and yeah, get them used to it. But it, it seems like that's the the key component to a lot of shops that are transitioning into that that growth period of their career. Like you have to be able to have some flexibility if you want to be able to sell multiple tiers of jewelry. You know internal thread and threadless and gold and gemstones all that mm-hmm. stuff like you need to be able to, to stay flexible with pricing and limiting yourself to a flat price uh, can can be really counterproductive for a lot of piercers it, it, uh, I found that it was, it was very, uh, so once you started to kind of uh, get into that that Florida community that I, I really like the Florida piercers because uh, a lot of them talk to each other. A lot of them are looking to share information so that everybody mm-hmm. gets better. It's mm-hmm. not closed off mm-hmm. thinking I'm the only one who's allowed to have this information. So, uh, well, it, it, well, some, some, some yes, can be like exactly. that. <laughs> yeah. Cause when I got here, nobody did want to talk to me or share no information with me. When they took me to start going to the Florida Pearson meeting, that's when I started getting a lot of information. But when mm-hmm. I was in the city, pfft, nobody wants to share any information with me. They're like, it's top secret. It's What's top secret about it? Mm. It's not. Share the information. So when I get people to ask me questions or anything, I don't mind giving them the information at all. Because I could go back and see when I first started, and nobody wanted to talk to me or tell me anything. It's kind of a holdover from tattoo culture, I feel like. You know, tattoo it, culture. It's the same for tattoo culture. Yeah, it was very much like a, a club. You know, we you can get the information once we allow you in the club, but until that point, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, no, sorry, we're not going to talk to you about it. And I, right, I think that right. body piercers who came up through tattoo shop culture might still have a little bit of that left. Yep, yep, yep. So once you, once you started to, to acclimate to that, that Florida piercer meetup, community um i I ended up seeing you again at the bmx net conference this this past year so what what was the decision making process that led you to flying to germany for for a conference so every year i try to do something for my birthday um end up that app conference failed within a week of my birthday so i couldn't go to that because i already had something planned Mm -hmm. 
So I ended up finding out about uh, the BMS conference, I think on Facebook. It was like, yeah, it's in Germany. We do, it's something like the APP. We do classes and everything. And I was like, hmm, since I'm not going to APP and I always wanted to experience APP, let me test this out and see how this goes. And it was my first time actually getting on an international flight going to Germany. So that was an experience in itself. Are you a, are you a nervous flyer? No, I'm not. Actually, I fly everywhere in the United States, so I was like, it could be that bad flying over all this damn water. <laughs> so I was like, it wasn't bad at all. So actually, it was a good flight. It was a good flight. And, um, my experience at BMX conference was an awesome experience. Yeah, it seemed like you had a great time. Yeah. Even though I was the only black guy there, but I didn't feel like an outsider. <laughs> I didn't feel like an outsider. So everybody invited me in. Everybody spoke to me. Everybody was so friendly to me. And I wouldn't mind going back. Mm, that's one of my favorite conferences, just because it's got yeah. such a such a strong community vibe. Not Not to say that other conferences don't, but at BMXNet, it seems like the classes, yeah, the classes are a big part of it, but almost an equal part of it is is the community and people want to just hang out and and talk mm -hmm. all night and it's it's cool because it's not it's not as gigantic as the APP conference APP conference you might have a thousand or fifteen hundred people so it's tough to kind of blend in sometimes because it's it, it can be a lot of clicks BMX net you know it's less people uh, a lot of a lot more people blending you see lots of different pods from different countries and different communities yeah. all just hanging out at the end of the night and it's awesome to see I met a lot of people over there that saw my that's on Instagram that I still talk to to this day. Uh, any uh, any sort of classes uh, there that maybe uh, blew your mind or anything like that? Because it's a lot more than just piercing; it's all different kinds of body modification and and uh, different experiences. So, what, were there any classes that you were kind of surprised by, or any sort of new information that you hadn't been exposed to before? Ooh. Um... I say mostly majority of the classes was mind blowing to me. Yeah. Because the whole culture over there is kind of different from the states. So taking in what they do and how they pierce people was mind blowing to me. Because mm -hmm. because usually they use what's it called? Uh, what's the needles called? Car Can I mean? Cannulas. Cannulas. Yes. And I never pierced with that. I never knew anything about it. Mm -hmm. But it was like, yeah, we pierce over here with it. Well, we use needles. We call them blades. I'm like, what is a blade? I'm like, it's just a regular piercing needle. So most of the classes and the companies over there was was mind blowing. The, the whole experience is mind blowing. Hmm. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's one of my favorites. Hopefully, uh, there's there's some sort some sort of BMX net conference this year, but. Uh, if not, you know, I'll, I'll I'll get back over whenever they have the next one because yeah. that's I've been going to that for for quite a while and I, I see a lot of friends there that I don't get to see in other places. Oh, the performances there, shoo! Yeah, I see the girl with the violin. She was, oh man, that was she was uh, suspension from the roof. Mm -hmm. Oh, that was awesome. I loved that. The performance was great there also. Yeah, suspensions. A lot of the suspensions that I've seen in the U.S. focus on. Uh, you know cleanliness and it's it's maybe one kind of environment or maybe it's a gathering or something like that but BMX and that the way they they do the performances and they make it um, I mean it's 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 an art form to, to see it so it's, it's really yeah it's really cool and it's really interesting to, to see what like Superfly and all the other different uh, suspension teams come up with for their performances at BMX net yeah, that was great. so did you do anything else while you were over in Germany or was it just BMX and went home yeah, so I, I actually walked around and I uh, looked at the city. I went to a mall. I went to a big church, me and Carl and a couple of people. We just walked around the city at nighttime just checking out different stuff. Yeah. It was this one interesting building we went to. It was a church. They still had the bullet shootings of when the Nazis came in and shot up the church. Wow. And these still stare from the outside. But at the time, it was nighttime, so we couldn't go inside. But mm -hmm. you can go inside and actually see the bullet holes inside the walls. Wow. We wanted to go, but that was the last day we was there, so we couldn't go in there. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot of history that's still over there. Hmm. Yeah, I, I love uh, I love 
going to different conferences around the world, but also because I get to go around the world. So when I when I go to BMXNet, I want to get out and see some stuff in Germany. They had it in Berlin one year, and I got to do a, a tour there, so that was cool. And uh, being able to do other conferences, I, I really want to try to get out and see some some stuff while I'm there, and not just classrooms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just like I like go around and see. I like to experience the city when I go different places about different stuff and the history behind it. That's fun, though. You know, widen your perspective because I, I think sometimes American piercers can get a little bit held back because they have such an American-centric view. So when you can get out and you can get some culture, seeing different cities, you can get some different experiences, meeting other piercers, like that's just going to make you a better a better piercer and, and probably a, a better person, too. So when you when you came back from BMXNet, I'd imagine that kind of gave you the conference bug a little bit. And did that maybe change the way that you uh, were thinking about the APP conference as a priority or anything? Yes, it actually was one of my priorities. Now, after that, after I experienced the BMX, I wanted to definitely experience the APP conference. Mm -hmm. So I remember talking to, to Kale because, uh, you know, we're on the, the scholarship committee together and we were both like, yeah, we really want to get 10 uh, in the scholarship mm -hmm. program. And... Uh, before we had a chance to interview or uh, interview you for the LD scholarship, you ended up getting uh, another brand new scholarship. So talk about that a little yes. bit. Yes, I was. The, I have received the Pearson of Color scholarship, which is a big honor to actually be one of the first recipients of that scholarship. Oh, it was so awesome when they told me that. Yeah, you won. Oh man, it brightened my day. I was smiling all day long. I did. I, <laughs> I didn't know. And I was so happy to receive that because receiving something from, I could say, my people, mm -hmm. is a big honor to me. Yeah. And shouts out to Cookie and the people that helped her with that. Um, oh, it was awesome. It seemed like a really um. I don't know how to articulate it the right way. It seemed like it was a really special scholarship process, not to knock the other scholarships because it's mm -hmm. it's all about getting people to this important educational event, but the, the POC scholarship seemed like it had a special vibe going on this year because it was driven by a community to help expand mm -hmm. that community, which is, un unfortunately, you know, people of color uh, are not very well represented in, in no, high-end body piercing. Yeah. Not at all. Not mm. at all. So uh, I heard a guy named Trevor. He was on a, another podcast, another Pearson podcast. It was like, I don't really know any Pearsons of color, especially black. Mm -hmm. He said he know about one or two. So after I heard that podcast, I hit him up like, hey, man, hey, it's, I'm, I'm down here in South Florida. <laughs> so what I did was me and him, we started a group chat on Instagram. And I went out and found all different people of color on the Instagram and invited them to the group chat. I said, this room is for if you have any questions, if you want to know a certain technique, if you just need to talk, we can do it all in here. And I found about almost 30 people. That's great. Pearson for Colors. So and I know we have one on Facebook also now too. So there's a lot of people on Facebook also. Yeah. Do you feel like there's anything? Do you feel like there's a reason why, other other than the fact that maybe some people just kind of feel feel like they're they're not included or something? Like, do you feel like it's just the shops yeah, they're in, I mean, the regions they're in, or or is it just so well, many different things combined? It's it's so many different things that's combined because it could be the shop they in, and a lot of people, a lot of piercers. They do knock other piercers because of the jury they they using on people. Hmm. That's the big thing. That's why a lot of people, a lot of, I say, piercers of colors, they don't really post their piercers because there's always another piercer and they come and say, "Hey, you use a trash jury. Why are you using this? Why are you piercing that way?" So a lot of them just feel like they just need to be in the shadows. It's that one thing I I don't like, and a lot of people don't like them. Yeah. Well, yeah, and, and it's, it's it's a lot of different stuff that's behind it. I've never understood the mentality of taking someone who's who's 
performing a profession and like dumping on them and saying like you know oh you're yeah, not as good yeah. as me and you never will be like right, right, it, right. it seems like the way that a lot of piercers get better myself included is that somebody took the time to talk to them and say hey you know okay. I, I i see room for improvement here would you yeah. like to talk about it would you like access uh -huh. to the information that you need to take that yeah. next step up and I, I, unfortunately, I do see a, a disconnect with a lot of different communities not getting that access. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I give a lot. That's why I say I give a lot of information out. Whenever somebody hits me up and asks me, "Hey, uh, what type of jewelry are you using? What company are you using?" I don't mind giving to them at all. Like, hell, this is the company. Talk to this person. They'll give you a price list of everything you need. Anything you need, hit me up. Here's my phone number. Call me. Any problems? Hey, if you feel to pierce somebody right now, and you got a question right now, call me, and I would I would walk you through it. You need to put me on speakerphone. I would walk you through it. I don't mind sharing information with anybody at all. Hmm. And yeah, it was it's it's a lot of people that they they like. Well, my my shop owner won't let me do this, or I can only use this type of jewelry or I can only pierce this type of way because the shop owner get mad at me if I try to go outside of what they taught me. It's, yeah, so, and a lot of piercers of color, it's, it's a money issue also because not making a lot of money hmm. like the other shops are. It's a, a it, it's a tough, it's a tough cycle to get yeah. into because, yeah. you know, if you're charging a low price for low quality mm -hmm. it's difficult mm -hmm. to roll that uh into an investment for nicer jewelry and and then kind of mm -hmm. build that momentum so i i definitely feel for the piercers who are yeah. at the very beginning of that journey and 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 feel like they're having a a challenge of building that it, momentum it was it was tough for me at first because i didn't have the money so what i would do is i would give up a, i would save a hundred dollars from my check and what i would do is just buy hundred dollars worth of stuff or then my next check I save another hundred dollars so I, I just kept saving and just putting it towards my jewelry and then when I would make money off of my piercings I would try to save that and put it towards something else so yeah it just take time it's very hard at first doing it on your own and then when you don't have a shop owner that's backing you up it's 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 very tough yeah that's a pretty very common tough. that's a pretty yeah. common issue that I hear about with a lot of piercers for for their careers. Yeah, um, yeah it's, it's very tough. So other difficulties in careers is, is what's going on right now with coronavirus. So uh, how is that uh, how is that affecting your shop? Like what are you doing with your downtime? Are you kind of just gearing up to go back to work? Or are you working on long-term projects? What, are you, what have you been up to? Let me tell you something. I just bought my first Statum. Ooh. <laughs> in March. That's and awesome. Coronavirus hit in, in April, so oh, I didn't even yeah. get to use it that much. Uh -huh. So, <laughs> uh, so what I've been doing is I've been trying to build an online store, so so I can still sell to my customers if they need something, if they need type of jewelry. I'm trying to build an online store now as we speak. Mm -hmm. So on my off time, what I've been doing is going to the shop. I don't tell you how many times I've cleaned up that damn shop. It's, it's, it's probably, if you walk on the floor, you can see your reflection by now on that floor. <laughs> um, so what I've been doing is I built another jury case. Yeah, I've just been doing bullshit just to waste time. So it's nothing I can really do right now, but just go in and just fix stuff here and there. But well, I'm it sounds like you're being productive. Online. Yeah, I'm trying to be. It's, it's kind of hard. Yeah. I think um, motivation is, is really lacking for a lot of people, especially yeah. when it's stretched out over weeks and weeks and weeks. It's tough to keep your, your motivation up. In Florida, they've been telling us, hey, y'all going to open on May, blase, blase. Well, no, no, we're going to give y'all another two weeks. Oh, then that two weeks come. Hey, y'all can open on this day. Then when that day get here, hey, we're going to give y'all another two months. Mm. So what's it what's it looking like now? We still have two months. Yeah. So what? Are, like July? Second phase. Yeah. Yeah. Probably mid My my state's inching towards reopening, but I, I'm gonna guess that it's gonna be more like mid June, maybe late June for me. But I I don't know. We're just kind of waiting right now. 
Yeah, they did phase one, so they opened up the barbershops and salons, but tattoo parlors weren't included in that. Yeah. Uh, I saw a picture of you on on Instagram earlier where you were wearing um, a full face shield and a and a face mask. So I, I would definitely say that that's that's the right direction to go, and that's probably what I'm going to be doing too: is wear a face mask to cover my mouth, and then wear yes. a full face shield to protect my eyes. Yeah, I have to, <laughs> especially in my field. When I get back, that's what definitely what I'm wearing: hmm. a full face mask and a, and a face mask. Yeah, just because you're so close to people, if you had a little bit more distancing, you know, or maybe if you're cutting hair, I think you're more behind someone or to the side of them. But with body piercing, a lot of times, like, you're right in their face. Yep, right in their face. Yeah. So uh, for your for your online store, uh, was that inspired a little bit by your, your t-shirt sales? Because you've been doing some pretty cool t-shirts and you've been selling those online. So was that one of the, the things that got you thinking about expanding yes. to jewelry online? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, this, the first week I put this t-shirt out, it was support your local black piercer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I sold out within a week or two. Cool. Shirts. And I've got I, one of them. I'm so happy a lot of people support it. It's from white, black, brown, purple, whatever color they came out and bought them. So I'm so grateful for that. Yeah, I gotta, I'm making some more as when the tech, when the t-shirt place reopens, hmm. I have some more coming in. Yeah, this and is I a bad mean, time to have merch ideas because all the places yeah, that make merch are closed. Are closed right now. Yeah. And I've been here. I've been hearing other piercers like, "Hey, you need to just start up an online store so we can just order directly online." I'm like, "Yeah, that's a good idea. I should start that." So, I've been working on it. I'm just trying to put it together, then come up with a website so people can come to. Cool. Awesome. So, uh, anything else on your mind when it comes to to body piercing or uh, you know your journey to where you are now? Yeah, I'm trying to my next. My next big goal is to open up my own spot and cool. become a um, a APP member, a APP shop slash member. Mm-hmm. That's that's my next goal I'm working on. I'll probably give it about another year or two, then I'm gonna work towards that. So it's just yeah, gonna I, save us some money. Yeah, I think the saving money part's gonna be the yeah, the tougher issue for the money. next year or two. Yeah. And it's it's hard to get along right now, so. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that's my next goal is to try to open up my own shop within a year or so. But well, I'm gonna wait till everything cool down. From what I've seen so far, it seems like you're definitely on the right path, you know, expanding your jewelry, switching mm-hmm. your pricing model around, the way that you do your marketing, having a statum, going to conferences, like you're you're living the dream really when it comes to like piercer growth. Yeah, I, I said my first day I got into this, I was like, if I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna put one hundred percent into this i'm not gonna half step it. i'm not gonna bullshit with it this is my career and i'm gonna go head on with this that's what i've been doing since day one i've been doing continued education i continue learning i soak up every day and i'm just expanding everything just buying different stuff i'm trying to become a that's my next actual step is because to get my shop i'm in now app get be an app member for that so, cool. yeah, I've just been i been working hard and just continue working. That's, once I can uh, get everything settled, then go on from there. As far as the shop you're in now, what are what are some of the things that you might need to, to switch around as far as APP membership? I, I think a lot of people struggle with things like hand-washing sinks and doors and stuff like that. But are you kind of in the same the same uh, spot or, or like what, what would be the, the steps that you think you would need to move towards to become an APP member where you are now? Uh, my main goal, my main thing is uh, the jury. Mm-hmm. It's uh, the type of jury I use. I have to switch it all the way over mm-hmm. to the companies that's APP. What you say, certified or allowed? Yeah, APP, APP approved or APP compliant. APP approved, yeah. It's, it's basically just my post I use. That's it. Mm-hmm. Uh far as the building wise i have enough space and i changed all the sinks out to handless sinks cool uh the doors all have locks uh i don't it's i don't know what else i have to do 
I think it's mainly the front of the shop I have to work on. Yeah. So I just probably need to sit down with a couple of people and just have them walk through with me and check it out. Constant journey. It's constant process. As soon as you get it to a point where you're happy with it, a month later you're going to start to notice all the things that you want to improve on the next go around. I want to improve. But it's the thing is, it's not my shop, so I don't really... (laughs) Mm. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> it's not my shop, so why would I continue putting money into somebody else's shop? That I'm, that, that's how I feel right now. It's not really my shop, so yeah, I that, really can't say what I need to change, what I need to do, unless the owner says I can do it. Right. But he's pretty cool with everything I'm doing right so far right now. That's good. I mean, I, I think you would be just the kind of piercer that a tattoo shop owner would want to have. Somebody who's like... Yeah, yeah. I want to be better. I want to have stronger sales. I want more clientele, all that stuff. So, I mean, that's, that's perfect. He's been backing me up since day one. That's great. Anything you want to do, go ahead and do it. And that's what I've been doing. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I don't have too many other questions for you. Anything else you want to talk about? Yeah. If you want to follow me, give me a follow on Instagram at Pearson's by 10. Check me out. If you're ever in the South Florida area, stop by Funhouse Tattoos. Come in and say hello. Cool. And make sure you spell 10 with two N's. With two N's. T-E-N-N. The Titan. All right, man. Well, uh, have a good day. It was good talking to you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity to speak on your podcast. All right. Thanks for talking to me, 10. Uh, Again, if you want to follow him on Instagram, that's piercingsby10. Uh, and for me, I'll be going back to work within the next week or so from when this podcast publishes. Uh, I think I might do, uh, another supplemental COVID Chronicles episode, maybe towards the end of the week and, uh, just unleash my anxiety on, uh, how honestly nervous I am to, to go back to work. I don't feel that I'm like doomed. I don't, I don't feel that I'm putting myself in an unsafe scenario, but I definitely, Uh, do not feel comfortable with going back to work right now. Uh, A lot of it is just honestly financial. Uh, Every other shop is going to be opening up and and tattooing. And I I just, we're open too. You know, Uh, I'm trying to just be as honest as I can. Uh, I, I would love to say that like, oh, I'll just ride out the storm. But it's like this, this virus isn't going away. We're going to have a pretty similar risk, uh, June 1st versus September 1st. So, uh, we were going to open sooner or later. I just feel like it's a a little bit more on the sooner side than I would want it to be. So I I will try to share my experience. I will try to share, uh, some of the things that I'm, I'm learning about how to protect my staff and myself and, and my clients. Uh, and I hope that you are focusing on the same. I feel like a lot of U.S. piercers especially are either already back at work or are thinking about when they will be going back to work. And honestly, you don't want to be in the situation that I'm in. You don't want to be thinking like, well, shit, I'm going back to work next week. And I I wasn't expecting that. Uh, So I, I guess get yourselves ready. Do as much training as you can. Think about all the different policies you want to enact in your shop and get that work done now so that you don't have to think about like, oh crap, I'm opening in like eight days. Uh, What do I have to get done like right now? Um, I'm switching to StabPad, digital release forms. That's something I've wanted to do for years already. And this is really just pushing me towards doing it. Uh, I'm moving to a cloud-based appointment system rather than like uh, a desktop-only computer uh, appointment system. That's something I wanted to do for years also. It's going to have all different kinds of email notifications and capabilities. So every every client is going to be by appointment. So now uh, every appointment can be uh, emailed a copy of our protocols ahead of time. So uh, all clients have to have a face mask on before they can walk through the door. Uh, they're not allowed to have a guest. All those things we need to inform our clients that I don't want any arguments at my front door. Uh, like some of that crazy stuff I've seen online about people getting punched because they told a customer they have to wear a face mask. Like I'm not dealing with that shit. So um, yeah, it's going to be a process, and uh, I'm I'm going to share a little bit of my process. I would like to hear about your process with it. 
if you have anything you want me talking about on the show, drop me a, a Facebook message or an email at ryanpba at gmail.com. Uh, and just to plug a couple last minute things, I, I've been adding some more content to Patreon. Uh, I've got uh, a new scarification lecture on there. I've got uh, some some new short form videos on there. Uh, and I've got a, a good amount of new patrons also, and I wanted to say thank you to a few of them. I've got, let's see here, I've got Damien on the, the Archmage tier. The Archmage tier is uh, where I have all of my webinars. I've got five or six or maybe seven, I don't know, five or six uh, webinars that are available on there. So I've got uh, Damien, I've got Jeff Lindeman, uh, Thomas White, Paul Sanuki, uh, let's just hope I pronounce that, oh geez, this next one, uh, Deandra Kalazuski, let's hope I got that right, uh, Kamiko Simpson, uh, Rika Sherpa, and Anne Skverna. So hopefully I didn't uh, massacre anyone's names there. I thank you very much for your support. Um, if you would like to support the, the show, you can do that at patreon.com slash ryanpba. Uh, a couple different things that I do on there. So for Archmage tier, uh, that's where you can get all the different webinars, a lot of different exclusive uh, content, different videos of piercing, different things where I'm explaining a couple different technique things, little things related to bevel theory, stuff like that. And then for all the tiers, you get early access to episodes of this podcast. You'll get early invite links for any sort of uh, free webinars, free uh, Ask Me Anything sessions that I'll be doing over Zoom. You'll get early access uh, invite codes there. Uh, and I'll, I'll try to share as much content as I, I can with you. So uh, that's it for me. I will be back next week. And uh, like in more ways than one, I'll be back to work next week. So boo hiss, I guess. I don't know. I, I've been waiting for it for two months. Um, I, I, you know, I gotta go back sometime, I suppose. But anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, I'll see you next week. For more information about the show, visit piercingwizardpodcast.com or like Piercing Wizard Podcast on Facebook. For more info about your host, visit precisionbodyarts.com or search Ryan PBA on Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr. If you enjoy the show, you can subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcast, and Google Play. Music by Benny B. Blanco. Show copyright 2017, Precision Body Arts LLC, all rights reserved.